Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. One church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Make our confession of faith together. Y'all ready? Let's go. I'm ready to receive and fully submit to God's word, which is the lamp to my feet and the light to my path. In this year of fruitfulness, I will manifest good results in every area of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, do what you do, what you do, how you do, what you do it. I know my assignment tonight, so I pray that you'd make it easy. Why? We take authority over this surgery room. Come on here. And we decree and declare, Father, that you get to have your way. That means, Lord, that show us ourselves. And as you show us ourselves, immediately heal what you show. Immediate, come on, y'all. Immediately heal what you show. I need you to say yes, Lord, to that. Father, speak to us tonight with clarity. Speak to us with strength. Speak to us with power. As we take authority over this atmosphere, we declare that there's nothing that blocks, there's nothing that stops, and there's nothing that hinders this word from going forth. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody in the church said. Amen. Guys, we're in this series called Weapons of Our Lord for the Lord and how to win. And we announced that we're in winning season. Say, I'm in winning season. No, that ain't how you say it if you mean it. Say, I'm in winning season. I need you to realize whatever your season was, that has come to an end, and you are now in a season to win. And I need you, I says, I need you not to be upset if the first couple of plays don't look too good. I need you to know you're still going to win this game. I need you to lay your hands on your neighbor's shoulder and say, you're going to win this season. 
Yeah, you need to expect September, October, November, and December to be months where there are nothing but perpetual wins. And even if it looks like it's a loss, baby, keep watching. Why? Because you have announced your season. You are in winning season. You're winning in your family, winning in your finances, winning in your faith. There's stuff you prayed about for years that God says you're finally ready. And so I'm getting ready to manifest it for you. I need everybody in here to declare your season. Say, I'm in winning season. Why do we say it, Bishop? Because life and death are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat its fruit. Which means if I cannot say it first, I'm never going to see it. Which have you noticed when you're feeling angry, when you're feeling mad, when you're feeling defeated, when you feel discouraged, how easy it is for you to say negative stuff. The reason it's so easy to say negative stuff is because the enemy knows, watch this, he can't stop you. Watch this. He also knows he can't kill you. Let me prove it to you. He tried and failed. What you don't know about your neighbor is your neighbor has been to hell and back and they're still standing. Your neighbor has overcome obstacles that other people would have snapped, crackle, and pot. But your neighbor just keep being like the Energizer Bunny. They just... They just kept going and going and going and going. And what you need to know is that if the enemy could have got you, he would have got you, but he can't. So what does he need you to do? He needs you to curse yourself. He needs you to give up on you. He needs you to give up on your future. But I think you sit next to a G. I think you sit next to somebody that says, I ain't come this far to fail. I ain't come this far to give up. I ain't come this far to lose, baby. It's my winning season. He can't defeat you. So he needs you to forfeit the game or curse the way you play the game so that you lose the game. But I need somebody to shake yourself, say that ain't happening this time. Yeah, he got you to do that in 17. He got you to do that in 18. For some, he got you to do that the first few months of this year. But guess what? You're still breathing. And if you're still breathing, that means God ain't done with you yet. But to fight, but to win rather, you're going to have to fight the war. And to win the war, you're going to need some weapons. Don't show up to a war talking about, watch this, talking about I, I got this, but you have no weapons. The problem with some of you, watch this, is that you show up to gunfights with butter knives. You show up ill-equipped, watch this, because there's an air of arrogance and pride that makes you think you don't need to prepare. Oh, but I wish there was somebody in here that watched this and said, I ain't going to make that mistake for the rest of this year. Watch me get ready. Watch me get prepared. Watch this, because when my name gets called, watch this, it's just like a football game. When the first string player goes down and the second string's got to come up, he can't talk about, I wasn't ready, I don't know to play. Baby, when he calls you, you got to grab your helmet and get in the game. And for some of you, I'm here to tell you, God says there's somebody else that didn't play their role. There's somebody else that didn't handle their seat right. And so the seat's about to be opened up for you. And when it opens for you, you got to be ready. God says, I'm ready. You ready? Ready? Let's go. So the weapons we fight with as Christians, if you're not a Christian, I'm going to give you a moment to become one in a minute. Our weapons are spiritual. So to all of my fighters in the room, I need you to realize your victory ain't going to come, watch this, through your razor blade. Your victory ain't going to come through, watch this, through, through your baseball bat. Your victory ain't going to come through natural weapons. It's going to come through spiritual weapons. Say spiritual weapons. 
So 2 Corinthians 10, 3. We've been looking at this scripture since we started this series. For though we walk in the flesh, that means though we live in a body, we are not waging war according to the body. Which means, watch this, I have to fight a war on a turf that, watch this, I have to move myself to. Let me say it another way. Since we're so used to being natural, but our fights and our war is spiritual, you're going to have to be conscious about how you fight because your natural response will often be wrong. You've heard people say, go with your first mind. What if your first mind is a polluted mind? Just go with how you feel. What if how you feel, watch this, is full of foolishness? I cleaned it up. You got it? All right, say, say it's a spiritual fight. Please understand, please understand, uh, for the weapons of our warfare are uh, not carnal. In other words, they're not of the flesh. So we fight spiritually first so that we know what to do naturally. So the reason we pray before we respond is because, watch this, in our prayer, we'll learn how to respond. The reason, watch this, we worship as a weapon and the reason we praise and clap and do all of that is doesn't even make any sense. Like you clapping at an enemy that's got a knife. Let's make it practical. You clapping at somebody, watch this, that's trying to crucify you with false information? Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. You, 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 you're sitting here worshiping when you're dealing with a court battle. Watch this, where it seems like even the judge is on their side. Y'all better come on here. It doesn't make sense, but Paul said, listen, it's not going to make sense until you start winning. Mm. It ain't going to make sense at first because it's not natural. It's not natural to pray for your enemies. It's natural to do to them what they did to you. But watch this. We don't fight like that. It's not natural to worship instead of worry. It's natural to worry instead of worship. But God says, you, I need you to not fight like that. Somebody say, it's a spiritual war. So the first weapon I introduced us to was repentance. The second was focus. Some days was serving. And we learned that, watch this, serving is a weapon that, in fact, makes us a weapon because serving summons great to you. In other words, you don't create great. You summons great through how you serve. Uh, watch this. Much of your warfare is because you're trying to become great the wrong way. Whenever you do stuff your way, God's remedy, watch this, is to have to undo you because you're so busy trying to do you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, now watch this. Look at this. Uh, Matthew 23 and 11. The greatest among you shall be your what? Servant. The greatest among you shall be your what? Servant. The greatest among you shall be your what? Servant. The greatest among you shall be your what? Servant. This is, comes up in response because there was a dispute amongst the guys around Jesus. And they were trying to figure out, well, Jesus, who's the greatest of us? Who's the most important of us? And Jesus says, listen, it is not going to be the one, watch this, that talks the most. It is going to be the one, watch this, that serves the best. You, you didn't like it, and I, and, and, and I don't like that you didn't like it. So I'm going to need you to like it. Jesus says, the greatest among you, he said, listen, y'all are 12. Y'all are 12 individuals, and you are 12 individuals, watch this, that have been rejected. You're 12 individuals that have been abandoned. You're 12 individuals that haven't been very successful, which means any taste of success, you get arrogant. People say, you know, people got, when they got money, they changed. No, they were always insecure. Money just made their insecurities more overt. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
Uh, watch this. These are 12 guys. How do you know that this is what they were, Bishop? Because in the Hebrew culture, when you weren't good enough to do your father's, uh, to, to apprentice a rabbi, to be in the apprenticeship of a rabbi, what they would say is go do your father's trade. And so all of these 12 guys that Jesus gets to immediately be around him, they were doing their father's trade, family businesses. They were fishing, family business, tax collecting, family business. All of these were family businesses that they were doing. And so what ends up happening is that as they're doing these family businesses, look at me, as they're doing these family businesses, Jesus comes along and knows. He says, come follow me. You want to know what's amazing to me? Is Jesus never has, watch this, a spiritual discussion. He sees how they naturally serve. You missed it. He doesn't say to any of them, tell me about your relationship with Yeshua. Uh, he is Yeshua. He doesn't say to any of them, tell me about your relationship with Yahweh. No. He says, listen, that Pete is doing a good job over there with that fishing boat. Come follow me. Some of you watch this. You pick people from the wrong criteria. Y'all not saying nothing to me. If I order a pizza, I don't watch this. I need to know that you can make pizza. I'm not interested in whether or not you prayed before you made that pizza. I need to know that you can deliver what it is that I need. And some of you keep getting frustrated with people because they've proven they can't deliver what you need. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me because you're picking the wrong criteria. Jesus never had a spiritual conversation with them. He looks at how they serve and then he summons them to be great. Y'all ain't talking to me. He said, I'll get your spirit right, but I need to make sure that your serving is on point. Would you touch? your neighbor say he's looking at your servant try somebody else that's going to respond to you touch him say he's looking at how you serve he says Matthew you counting that paper you collecting them taxes you made sure things were together he said I see how you serve so I summoned you to great not once did he say did you pray not once did he say did you worship not once did he ask them a spiritual question he asked them a natural question because he needs to make sure that if they don't have the servant's heart they're never going to be able to follow him I'm going to say it again. He said, if you don't have a servant's heart, I don't care nothing about how good you sing. Your singing is whack if you can't serve. I don't care how good you play. Your playing is whack if you can't serve. I don't care how good. Y'all ain't talking to me. If you can't serve, it ain't about nothing. I don't care how good you work them buttons in the back. If you ain't got a servant's heart, it ain't about nothing. So Jesus, so Jesus, his qualifying criteria for his 12 was can you serve? And proof that you're going to serve me well, watch me, is that you're serving your last assignment well. <laughs> Some folk disqualify from next because of how they serve now. Y'all ain't talking to me. God says, listen, I know you wanted to be manager, but I watched how you worked the fries. And you were sloppy on the fries. Because you always thought you were too good for the fries. And so because you thought you were too good for it, you half did it. And because you half did it, what you didn't know is I had a David over here back in the cup. And David was just happy that they let him put a badge on in the first place. His criteria for his inner circle was how do you serve? But even in that, you want to know what ends up happening? They start fighting over who's greater. Because there are 12 unaffirmed men fighting to be seen. Because even once you start serving, your heart can become polluted. So even though they've been with him for three and a half years, right about year three, they started smelling themselves. Look at how the people responded when I did that. 
Now realizing the only reason they were able to see you do it is because Jesus gave you the platform to do it. Touch your neighbor on the shoulder. Say, I rebuke your flesh. See, did you come to worship or be worshipped? Did you come for everybody to see your outfit? Y'all ain't talking to me. Did you come to get you somebody? Y'all playing with me and I don't like to be played with. I quit school because of recess. Did you come because you knew church girls were gullible? Hmm, what you come for? Did you come because you knew church boys was gullible? What you come for? Huh? Touch your neighbor and say, what you come for? Let's go. So they fighting. They fighting. Pete, I'm the greatest. <laughs> I'm the greatest. Did you see what happened to that girl when I laid hands? She was like, Doosh. You laid hands, didn't nothing happen. She shook a little bit, but she didn't fall, though. So they fighting. And Jesus is turning and looking at Jesus like, these jokers. He's like, y'all are really fighting over who's greatest? He said, what's amazing to me is while y'all fighting over who's greatest, watch this. Nobody made sure, watch this, that that person didn't, didn't get out of place over there. While you fighting over who's greatest, watch this. You should be asking me who do I think is greatest. It don't matter that they say you great. Let me help some of y'all. It don't matter that who you serve with think you did a good job. It matters that who you serving thinks you did a good job. I need you to stop trying to get attention from the sheep and realize that, watch this, you're enlisted to serve the shepherd. Y'all ain't talking to me. So Jesus is like, Jesus is like, he says, the greatest among you is going to be the one that's serving. He says, in Luke, he says it like this. He says, make yourself as the youngest. Because in Hebrew culture, it was a pecking order. So then when you were younger, you had to serve the older. There was a pecking order. So he says, make yourself as the youngest. In other words, make yourself of no reputation. He says, some people won't serve well because their ego makes them protect a reputation that only exists in their head. And I says, your reputation is messing up, watch this, your revenue. Mm -hmm. because, 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 because the only way to greatness is to serve. Say, Lord, give me a servant's heart. So look at what God says in verse 12. He's like, I'm going to check y'all. And, and you know how they were. Because you know unaffirmed people. Unaffirmed people are very, 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 very scary people. Because everything they do is to get affirmation. Got it? Everything they do is for an applause. Clap for me. Shout for me. Jump for me. Got it? And when nobody does it, watch this. I think my season changed. Y'all ain't talking to me. But when nobody does it, you know what? Well, maybe I ain't good. I'm going to go where I'm celebrated. No, here's what you don't understand. You don't understand the difference between, watch this, applause and affirmation. Y'all ain't talking, so let's move. Jesus says, he says, he says listen, um, guys, y'all are struggling to show off to one another. He said, and what y'all are not paying attention to is I'm walking ahead of y'all because your discussion is so disgusting that I don't even want to be part of it. He said, well, y'all are fighting over who's greatest. We got all these people who need to get saved. 
Right? Y'all over fighting on who, who's greatest and who gets this seat and who gets to sit over here and who gets to stand over here and who gets to do this and who gets to do that. While y'all are fighting over this, he says, your mama going to hell. He said, I don't understand. I don't understand why y'all are fighting over this. So he says, the greatest amongst you would be the servant. He says, so let me check you. He says, you need some checking. He said, y'all started out just eager to serve and then your heart got dirty. You were just excited. You were just so excited. And then your heart got dirty. Why? Because life happened. And when life happens, life has the ability to dirty the heart. I talked about it on prayer. It's like a vacuum. I bought this uh, very expensive vacuum. Um, now, when I say very expensive, to me, a vacuum that's more than $50. It's a vacuum. And I got this thing, and it's supposed to have, you know, never lose this suction till the filter's dirty. Watch me. Your heart is like your filter. So what is, what is the vacuum doing? It's sucking up the dirt, the dust, the pollen, the dander, the, for those of you with animals in your house, the cat stuff and the dog stuff and, and all this. Now, watch this. What happens is the filter starts out clean. But over time, the filter gets dirty. Watch this, because it's not regularly cleaned. So every now and then, God lets you go through some stuff to make you look at your heart. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Not because he's trying to hurt you, because he wants to heal you. Would you please put a hand in the air and say, Lord, clean my heart. So... The filter gets dirty, and when the filter gets dirty, God's, I, it was interesting to me because I was like, if it never loses suction, why does it have a filter? That's because it can't operate without a heart. And for some of you, watch this, you thought that you could cut off your emotional attachment to everything and to everybody. Watch this, and it don't work like that. Y'all ain't, y'all playing with me. You like, I ain't loving nobody no more. You a lie, you a lie, you a lie. Just stop loving Ike. Y'all ain't talking to me. I, I ain't gonna trust nobody no more. You a lie, you a lie, you a lie. You gonna trust somebody. Just make sure you trust the right people. Stop blaming everybody because of the ineptitude of a few somebodies. I come for surgery. Came for surgery. Came for surgery, so... So, so, so the, the filter, the filter has to be taken out. I was like, I spent, it was one of them where it, it starts with die, <laughs> rhymes with sun. <laughs> I said, God, no, <laughs> filter, you better clean, clean my spirit. I mean, I want my, clean. <laughs> Clean my car while you in the house for all of what I spent on you. You still got an electric, electrical cord? How you good? But it doesn't matter. Sometimes what it goes through is so dirty that, that what's on the outside gets on the inside. And now the filter's filthy. This is what happened to Jesus, guys. When Jesus guys started, their filters was nice and clean. So fresh and so clean, clean. So fresh and so clean, clean. All right, stop. I can see we got some 1115 in the room. <laughs> Watch. But here's what happens. After you so fresh and so clean, but then you were betrayed, 
but then you relied on. But then the people that you went out of your way to love went out of their way to step on your love. Y'all ain't talking to me. The people that watch this, you say, you know what? I'm really going to go all in this time. I'm really going to do that. And then be the ones. So now your filter's dirty. And now it's vacuuming and all you got is lines. But the carpet's still dirty. This is why some of you feel ineffective in your everyday life. It's because your filter ain't working. Somebody holler, but today. So these guys start out good, then their filters are dirty. So now they're fighting over who's the greatest. I'm the greatest. And Jesus said, I'll tell you what. Whoever, verse 12, whoever exalts himself, I'm going to humble. What is exalt? That means to push yourself up. I wish you'd stop thinking, watch this, that, you ready? Watch this. I need you to make sure before you try to build a brand, your heart's right. Because you will think that the success you experience in a brand or a business will make up for the ineptitude, watch this, and the lack of your heart. This is why you got rich people that commit suicide. You ain't talking to me because they got money, but watch this, the heart. I wish you would put a hand in the air and say, Lord, created me a clean heart. He says, if you exalt you, I'm going to have to humble you. And if you humble yourself, I'll put you up. If you stop walking around telling everybody how great you are, I'll make them see how great you are. Look at your neighbor and say, stop announcing yourself. Stop showing up and throwing up. I'm this, I'm this, I'm this, I'm this. I was talking today, I was meeting with somebody, and they said, it was a political candidate, and they said, oh no, Bishop, they said, Bishop, he's going to win. I said, I don't speak in absolute. That's what I told him. I said, I don't do that. I said, so well, y'all going around here, he going to win. All right, we going to see. I said, I don't speak in absolutes. And he said, that's a good point. I said, no, no, no. I said, because when you speak in an absolute that you're not fully resolute about, I says, watch this. What if this wasn't anything but a ticket to do something else? I said, you're chasing that seat, but what if that seat was simply, watch this, to make you see something you didn't see? Does anybody say, stop using absolutes? So watch this. He says, if you exalt yourself, you're going to have to be humble. All right, come here. All right, come here. Come here. Come on. Come on. And then uh, give me another. Come on. Come on. Come on. Yes. Come on. There you go. All right. We're gonna do, we did this last week or sometime. Don't let him fall. Right. Don't tear my table up. Amen. Okay. Stay, stay, stay. This is the V. Yeah, okay. So God put him on. The problem is, see how he's in a humble position now? What does humility? Humility don't walk around, oh, I ain't nothing. That's not humility. That's false humility. Humility says, I'm something because of who I'm under. <laughs> One of my favorite movies is Malcolm X. And every time you hear Malcolm speak, Malcolm said, as the honorable, and he said the name of the person. Here, here's the point. Here's the point. The reason he was used so greatly in such a short amount of time is because even if you don't believe in Jesus, the principle works. Amen. The principle of honor and submission. Yes, he honored his leader, so God took him high. 
think about it. But when you start exalting you, stand up. Oh, I'm gonna stand. I'm grown. Ain't nobody gonna tell me nothing. Yeah, I was late. Yeah, this, this is. So when you exalt you, then God is like, um, I'm gonna need you to check that attitude because the only reason you even got up there was because of what I put you on. Touch your neighbor, say, don't get it twisted. Say, God put you on. So God says, if you won't humble yourself, then come here. Just I have some. Come here. Come here. Come here. Just catch him. It's an experiment. We got got your wave in the back. Get right behind him. Now catch him. God is like, we're all going to see how this goes together, okay? God is like, God is like, we don't practice none of this, okay? God is like, if you won't humble yourself, what does it mean to humble yourself? If you won't respect who you're serving, if you won't honor who you're serving, God is like, I'm going to have to, you ready? Now, now fall. You get back there and catch him too. <laughs> they got him. And don't you love it that even when you do fall, he'll catch you. I wish you slept somebody high five. Say, even if I fall, he's going to catch me. Tell him. Tell him, even if I fall, he's going to catch me. But ain't you sick of falling, no? Ain't you sick of coming down, no? Ain't you sick of losing, no? Somebody say, I'm sick of it. So, the warfare is the more you do you, the more God has to undo you. So, in the Bible, the, uh, the word most often associated with serving is the word diako, uh, D-I-A-K-O. It means an attendant. When you're an attendant, that means you're paying attention to who you're serving and you serve well. To attend to somebody's needs, that means you're, you pay attention to who you're serving. It's amazing to me. I was in somewhere the other day and I was like, you didn't come to work, huh? You came to get a check. Because <laughs> you clearly didn't come to work. No, no, not here. They're like, who are you talking about? I, I was out somewhere. And I was like, I was like, that's amazing. So like you just didn't come to actually do your job. Because <laughs> you looking like it's such an inconvenience to do what you paid to do. And here's the deal. You're like, well, they don't pay me enough. And that's why you can't qualify for more. Y'all ain't liking it, but we're going to get this surgery done. What's this? The warfare is this. The more, you, the more you try to do you, the more God has to undo you. So if you're an attendant, say an attendant. That means I pay attention to whom I'm serving and I serve well. I'm attending. I'm an attendant. Got it? Here's the second meaning of it. It means a waiter at a table. If you're a waiter at a table, your job is to take the order, not tell them what you think they need to get. Could you imagine if you ordered the salmon with mashed potatoes, asparagus, and some white bread? She bring you. Mm -mm. No, 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 mm -mm. no. 
I'm going to show you because I'm going to show you how some of y'all, watch this. I want to show you how God has been seeing what some of you been doing. You ordered a salmon with what? Mashed potatoes, asparagus, and white bread. With the whipped butter. Get it right. Don't bring me no hard butter. Whip it and whip it good. You ready? She bring you fried chicken, macaroni and cheese, an ethnic dish of her native land. And she said, you don't need no bread because you need to watch your carbs. <laughs> Baby, here's the problem. I give the orders, you take them. Here's what some people have been doing. God gives orders, you bring him what you want. Y'all ain't talking to me, but you're going to get set free anyhow. God is like, I want this. And you're like, that's nice. This is what I'm going to do though. You know my heart. He's like, I know it. And I know that you're going to keep going through them cycles until you learn how to take the order. Would you lay your hands on yourself and say, take the order, take the order, take the order. One more example. One more example. You order a pizza. What's your favorite pizza spot? Y'all talk to me. Pizza spot, pizza spot. I heard Jets. I don't know them. Anthony's. I know about him. Bojo's. They gone. They gone. Who? Old Chicago. Blackjack. Let me talk to this side of the church. Now I'm just joking. Blackjack. Where else? Somebody said Costco, Papa Murphy's. <laughs> Ain't that something, Costco? Listen, can we give God glory for the Costco pizza? Wait a minute, that's steak. <laughs> I don't know how they make all that for a dollar. I don't understand. I can't explain it. I can't obtain it. Costco, your pizza is so amazing. Watch. You order pepperoni. What else? Bacon, mushrooms. Pineapple. I don't know what she said. Sweet peppers. Black olives. Touch your neighbor and say, I got my order in. In that instance, say, learn when to change seats. In that instance, you ordered the pizza, so you're the one being served. But you need to learn how to sometimes change seats, because sometimes you're the one serving. So in about what you want, because you ain't the one being served. Well, I thought you'd like, I didn't ask you what you thought I would like. You only get to do that when you're the one giving the orders. Other than that, you take it. You got that? Because I'm giving you these practical examples, because... Pizza comes to your door. Ding dong. You got a ding dong sound over there? Okay. <laughs> that ain't quite one of them ring doorbells. That's like, that's the 1999 one now. <laughs> I'm just joking. No endorsement of ring or any of these pizza places that we're speaking about. There we go. That wouldn't work for me because I'd be like, who is that? It's a no doorbell sound coming to my door, ringing the doorbell. Knock on it. Don't ring the bell. I'm joking. I'm joking. 
Pizza comes. Pizza comes. Okay. And y'all know how y'all do. Shh, turn it down. <laughs> don't look at me like that like you don't turn the music down when somebody reading the doorbell. Shh, turn it down. You go looking out the blinds. <laughs> Who is that? Oh, it's the pizza. All right. You open the door. You ordered a pizza, right? I sure did. We hungry. Pizza was our last option because we couldn't figure out what we wanted. So we're excited about this pizza. Touch the neighbor and say, I put my order in. Say, I want what I ordered because I'm being served. Pizza man says, we know you ordered pizza. But in prayer, I was led to bring you some egg foo young and some sesame chicken. Because I felt in my spirit that that's what you really wanted. And I know you're good and in church tonight. But let's tell the truth. If, if they, if they didn't bring you what you ordered, what you gonna do? That's not what I ordered. You need to take it because this is what I brought. That's what a lot of Christians do with God. This is what I brought, so this is what you need to take. That's what a lot of Christians do with their pastor. This is what I brought, so this is what you need to take. That's what a lot of people do with their boss. This is what I brought, so this is what you need to take. That's not what I ordered. So you don't get to force it on me because that's what you thought when you weren't given the orders. So you know what you're going to do next? Now, it's about to be a whole situation. I'll call the manager. Right, don't go nowhere. Stand right there. I'm angry because I'm a customer who's being served. And you don't get to serve me the way you want to. You serve me the way I say to serve me because that's the essence of service. You're an attendant. You're a waiter. And watch this. In another scenario, the worlds might be reversed where I'm serving you. But in this his situation, you are serving me so you don't get to call the shots. You have to take the calls. So now let's think this through. You'd be angry, you'd be frustrated, you'd be mad. You'd get the manager. You'd want a refund. Not only would you want a refund, you'd want them to make you the, the pizza right. And you want your next order free too. Watch this, what if God had that same might of judgment with you? He says your next breakthrough, uh-uh. No, there ain't no breakthroughs. Say, Lord, give me a servant's heart. So, so watch this. Watch this. It means to do menial duties. How about them? If we can't do little, God can't trust us with big. So here's Luke 16, Luke 16 and 10. One who is faithful in very little is also faithful in much. One who is dishonest in a little is also dishonest in much. In other words, God says, I test you before I trust you. Wait, hold up. If you're in a test, God says, it's, it's, watch this. I need to see if I can trust you. Tell him, say, Lord, you can trust me. 
Come on, Wednesday. Say, Lord, you can trust me. Whenever you find yourself on a test, it's because God's saying, I need to see if I can trust you. If I can't trust you with a little storm, you ain't going to be able to handle a hurricane. Watch this. And watch this. And the bigger you are, the bigger your storms. The more significant you are, the more significant your storms. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Uh, say, say, Lord, thank you for the test. So here it is. We're about done. A servant's heart is really a worshiping heart. What do you mean? Let's look at Luke 4 and 8. I added this. Look at Luke 4 and 8. In Luke 4 and 8, it says this. They'll get it in a minute. I added it. Luke 4 and 8. It says, and Jesus answered him, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and only him shall you serve. Let me say it again. You shall worship the Lord your God, and only him shall you serve. So worship and serving go together. Which means serving is worship. Worship is serving. You missed it. Serving is worship, and worship is serving. Question, are you a worshiper, or do you want to be worshipped? It shows in how you serve. Mm -hmm, it's quiet. All right, here's the surgery. You ready? All that was the good stuff. That was the laughing gas. I'm going to cut you. Listen, we're going to cut us. Say, Lord, cut us. Lord, cut us. So you can make us better. I declare you're going to be the best version of you by the end of this year. I prophesy that people that have known you up to this point in your life, over the last few months, they're going to look and say, something has dramatically changed about you. You ain't angry like you used to be, mad like you used to be, frustrated like you used to be. Can I get you to just put one hand up in the air and say, Lord, make me better. So here it is. John 4, 24. God is a spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit, and in what? Truth. So let's deal with truth. God says, keep it real with me. I don't do well with fake. If you grew up in church, you learn how to be fake. Okay, if you grew up in church. If, if you're brand new to Jesus, you never learned that. And that's why I don't do that here. And I'm not knocking anybody for anything. I'm just saying I don't do I, I don't do, I don't like fake. What is fake? You act like this in front of me, but then when I go read the label. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. You act like you the goop. You the real thing in front of me. But then when we go check the receipts, when we check the label, when we find out what you said about us to somebody else, y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Touch your neighbor say, no more fake friends. Touch somebody else say, no more fake love. I can't stand fake folk. And, and you better be glad that God is dismissing all of them. Watch this. God says, keep it real with me. God says, don't lie to me. Thinking I don't know what's really going on with you. Stop telling me it was a mistake. You planned it. Tell me the truth. God says, I need you to worship me in truth. And that doesn't mean that you stay there. It means that, watch this, that you're honest about where you're at. You hear what I'm saying? The, one of the things that brings me the greatest joy is when I hear, especially with other pastors, when I hear their problems, I feel great. Now, you must have why you feel great hearing somebody else's problem. Because the truth helps me to realize, watch this, that, that, that what I think is unusual is usual. Would you look at somebody and say, just tell the truth? Can we tell the truth in here, y'all? We all have days where we like, listen, 
if one more. Y'all don't want to be honest in church. We all have moments where we're like, Jesus, God Almighty, our Father. If you don't come in, watch this, Lord. I don't need you to protect me. I need you to protect what I'm about to do. This too real. Because y'all want to act like y'all walk around all day. Good morning. Can we be honest? We all have moments. God says, I need you to be real. But then he says, worship me in spirit and in truth. Now, let's deal with this. Worship there comes from this word that means, watch this, like a dog. Licking the master's hand. God says, God says, your serving and your worship go hand in hand. Your worship and your serving go hand in hand. He says, so the way I want you to worship me is the same way I want you to serve. He says, I want you to lick my hand like a dog's licking his master's hand. Now, why is that significant? Because some of you are pet lovers. Anybody got a dog in here? So you're into all that. That's awesome. That's awesome. You're into all of that. When I be on my walks and jogs and dogs be up, I be like, hey, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. That's your dog, sir. That's your dog. Oh, Fido. You better keep Fido over there for it be a fight with Fido. No, I'm just joking. I love, I love. I love all of God's creatures. Um, I do. God says, I need you to not be too proud to look like a dog. But when you're protecting your reputation, clean the bathroom. I didn't sign up to clean no bathroom. Vacuum. I didn't sign up to vacuum. You know who I am? I'm the chief missionary over the left section of the sanctuary. You, you don't know Nan. Got the church clothes that I got. Got the church pumps that I got. Give the offerings that I get. <laughs> Some of y'all will get it later, okay? God says, you remember that there was the lady who he, she said, Master, even the dogs get the crumbs from the table. Because the Hebrews re revered anyone um, that was of mixed ethnicity, they viewed them as a dog. So worship then means, watch this, make yourself of no reputation. That's why it's amazing. If When you come to worship, you're worried about your neighbor, you're not worshiping. If you don't want to cry because you don't want nobody on your road to see you, God says, you made yourself of reputation. God says, I want the people, watch this, that don't care if they look like a dog. They'll shout, they'll clap, they'll scream. And let me tell you something, Harvest, don't you ever tell nobody they worship is too much. Don't you ever touch nobody and say, that's too much. No, maybe yours isn't enough. I need you to touch somebody on the shoulder and say, give them all you got. Man, all right, I got to wrap, I got to wrap. Then it means, I'm not going to be able to finish. I'm not going to be able to finish. Then it means, watch this to fawn or to crouch. Now I'm gonna explain that to you. Uh, literally or figuratively. 
Watch this. Here's what that word fond means. It means to give a serving display of exaggerated flattery or affection. What's that mean, Bishop? God says, the way you worship is the way I want you to serve. When you serve, you want me to worship. Check it out. He says, I want you to give a serving display that's exaggerated. It's deep. God says, I just feel it right here. God says, that's not exaggerated. He said, it's not a display. I'm a king. Y'all remember coming to America? When they, when, when they came to visit and present Vanessa Bell Calloway to Prince Akeem. And I mean, they danced and they, they had all this, all that. If you read your Bible, no one went before a king with an ordinary display. So God says, your serving should be so good, it looks exaggerated. Let's make it practical. Your serving should be so good. People are like, God, dog, do you see how they, how they, they are standing on that dough. Do you see how serious they take what they do? You're going to catch it in a minute. God says, your serving should be so good, people look at it and think you're exaggerating. Your worship should be so passionate, people think you're exaggerating. God says, but if you make yourself a reputation, and you, watch this, and you're too proud to look like a doll. He said, that ain't even worship. They that worship and worship in spirit and in truth. So this is the priest here when it says worship. This is what God says I want. Now check this out. Uh, sometimes the issue we have, you ready? Is that, is that we have this mentality. I don't want to be a yes person. I ain't trying to be a yes man. Question. What's wrong with being good? Listen. Um, there's nothing wrong with being good at getting things done and giving God a yes. We live in a culture, though, where you're just a yes man. Well, you work for that man. So what else are you supposed to be for the man that signs your check? A no man? Okay, good. That's called unemployed. That's what that's called. Ooh, it's quiet. Why y'all so quiet over there, singers? Huh? All right. Just want to make sure. I ain't playing with y'all. <laughs> y'all ready? I ain't gonna be. I ain't gonna be no yes woman. So where are you gonna be? A, uh, a no woman? A problem woman? An angry woman? A mad woman? You don't get to criticize what you didn't build. <laughs> well, I think this, well, I think this, well, I think this, well, I think this. What did you build, though? They kept telling Jesus, Jesus, it's too many people. Je Jesus like, look, I got this. I appreciate your concern, but y'all ain't even doing your part right. So before you start trying to tell me what somebody else needs to be doing, I need you to do your part right. Y'all ain't liking this type of teaching. Let's get to this heart. Isaiah 6, 8. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, I added this. I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? 
then, then, then I said, here I am. I'll go. God says, I want some yes people. I want some people that they're so spiritually mature. When I say jump, their only response is yes. Four levels of maturity of people who come to this. I ain't gonna be able to finish this message, so we just gonna I'm gonna have to you know, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to just park it right here. You ready? So so God says, I want some people that are mature. There's four levels of, of maturity. The first is multitude. If God says do something, a multitude person says, I didn't come to do nothing. They're coming for what they can get. Next level of maturity is a sheep. A sheep is in the process of having their will broken. So a sheep says, ah, do I have to? Ah, I'm only going to be available for 20 minutes. See, some of y'all thought you were more mature than you were. Your serving showed your maturity. Next level is a servant. A servant says, what's this? I'll, I'll, uh, all right, that's what he want. You sure you want it like that? All right, okay, all right, all right. All right. But you know what a son or daughter says? Yes. If I say, if I, a son or daughter, the highest level of spiritual maturity. The Bible says that the earth is groaning for sons and daughters. Somebody said that's the highest level of maturity. You yeah, ready? God says, if I say to you, I want you to, I want you to come and sing. You can't sing. Multitude says, I ain't going to be embarrassed. Because it's about you. So you didn't come to worship him. You came to be worshipped. Because when your ego makes you uncomfortable, you say no. This is, this is. A sheep is like. See, the sheep, if their will's not broken, didn't even come prepared because they didn't plan to do good. Servant says, all right, let's go. Ah! <laughs> now give me the right note. A servant will give their all. But here's a son. The son comes in, fully prepared, ready to go. Listen, a servant comes, touch your neighbor and say, fully prepared and ready to go. Question, where are you in that for? Does God not even ask you anymore because he don't want to deal with your attitude? Or are you a, have you matured to the point to where it's yes? Listen, guys, I didn't want to be a pastor. I didn't want to be a bishop. Okay? Huh. Y'all know that? Y'all looking super shocked and surprised. 
And if I did it, I was like, Lord, Denver? Come on, Jesus. <laughs> Let me go somewhere over there on the other side of the river. Let's go down by the river. Can I be honest? When I first started, I still resisted, and it taught me something about my maturity. My heart wasn't right. Because I was like, God, pastor? I said, look, I, I don't have the patience for people like that. Because I'm going to say it once, and I'm not going to keep repeating myself to no grown people who then, when you keep repeating it, they got to remind you that they're grown. But if they're so grown, why you got to repeat it? I'm like, Lord, I, Lord, you sure you want me? My heart was right in this regard because I questioned what my only response should have been. Now, it didn't take that long for it to get right. Because God says, if you worship what you want, come on here, over what I want, I will break you. I will take what you built. I will demolish until you learn how to do what I say do. I need you not to worship you. I need you to worship me. And I just wonder if there's somebody here on a Wednesday night that can say, Lord, forgive me for worshiping what I want. I need to worship what you want. I wonder if there's anybody in here that can say, Lord, forgive me for making my will more important than your will. If that's you, can you just release some worship right there? Watch, watch. Say yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. So, so here's, here's where I want to end it. So I want to end it. Um, I can't finish it, but I'll finish it another day. Whenever your heart's not right, you're always going to struggle with your habits. You know why some folk keep having the same attitude problems? That's because you learn how to fix, watch this, your attitude temporarily. You never learn how to deal with your. Say, Lord, change my heart. You want to know why some of you single people keep attracting the same person? Oh, no, they look different. Same spirit, though. Same, same attitude, though. A user. Abuser. Heartbreaker. And a deceiver. They thought that's what they do. You want to know why? It's you. <laughs> that's on that new album, Little Bishop of the Saints. It's coming out here. <laughs> Watch. <laughs> hear me, hear me. This is what we're going to do. Um, if your heart's not right, your habits are never going to line up. If your heart's not right, your habits are never going to line up. So I want to quickly, can I quickly say this? Um, the servant's heart. Ephesians 6.5, we looked at it. I want to just hit it real fast. So, so what's the surgery? The surgery is, are you worshiping what you want? Making an idol out of you. 
Let me tell you, and you won't even think you're doing it. You'd be like, I'm operating with wisdom. When you get wise, I need you to go to the word so that we let his wisdom be wisdom, not our wisdom. Say, Lord, your wisdom, not my wisdom. Did you come to worship or be worshipped? It's what I want. Look at me. This is what I'm going to do. Sometimes the trade-off is God says, if you can give me a yes here, I got you down here. For everybody who felt like you missed out on something, God just told me to answer you. He says, son, tell them they didn't miss out on anything. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. To everybody who thought your faithfulness was making you miss out on something, God says, you didn't miss out on anything. To everybody who thought your loyalty was making you miss out, you didn't miss out on anything. Somebody say, I didn't miss out on anything. So here it is, Ephesians 6, 5, and then we're just going to let God do what he needs to do. Ephesians 6, 5, bond servants, which means I choose to serve because I get to serve. It says, obey your earthly masters. Say, follow instructions. How many, right now, let's just be honest. You know, right now, you sometimes have trouble following instructions. Okay. All right. What does that tell you about your heart? Dirty. But we're about to clean it. It's quiet. How many people sometimes you think, I says bond service means I choose to serve because I get to serve. How many sometimes when it comes to serving in church and anywhere else, when it comes to serving, sometimes you view it as you're doing someone a favor. This is going to take honesty. Okay. What does that tell you about your heart? Huh? Right, let's be truthful now. All right. I knew this word was going to, you know, add me some chips before church. A few extra calories. Watch. Watch. With fear and trembling. That means to be respectful and honorable. How many people in your serving at any point in church, anywhere else, your serving hasn't been with respect nor honor? How do I know when respect to honor? Because you had an attitude. Come on, let's be honest. Right? There you go. Right. What does that tell you about your heart? Okay. With a sincere heart, that means pure motives. How many of you serve to get something? Be honest. Come on, it's going to take honesty. Come on, you're in a safe place. Ain't nobody going to judge you. Right? How many of you serve to bay somebody? Bay, B-A-E. I know, I, I know y'all ain't going to be honest about that one. So look, I ain't even going to ask that. I ain't going to have you lying in here. Thank you for your honesty. You thought your servant was going to get you a Boaz. Right? <laughs> well, hold on. Let me be equal opportunity. Bozetta. I mean. <laughs> what? As you would Christ. How many of your serving has not been like you? If Jesus was there, you would have did it different. Mm -hmm. If Jesus was on the other end of the phone, you would not. Yeah. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, Lord Jesus. Yes, yes. Verse 6. Not by the way of eye service. How many of you have ever done something for somebody to see you? That's why you went back twice. Come on, let's be honest, y'all. Oh, they didn't see it. Let me go back. 
Let me extra ambassador. Y'all just happen to be standing, so. The shoe fits, put that on. As people pleasers, how many of you served and you served for applause? Clap for me. Say I did a good job. Didn't nobody say I did a good job. Didn't nobody say that beat I made in the middle of church was a good beat. Didn't nobody say that bass lick I hit. Did y'all hear that lick? <laughs> do something real, just do something real fast. Just something, just something, just something. Didn't nobody say nothing about that? They up here clapping because he preaching. <laughs> Didn't nobody say nothing about my drum solo? <laughs> he ain't ready, he ain't ready. This can't come out of my preaching time, man. <laughs> Y'all ready? Watch. Here's the deal. What does that tell you if you want applause? Heart's not right. But as bond servants of Christ doing the will of God from the heart, how many of you in your serving, you've not been all in, faithful, and loyal? Okay. Right? You ain't been all in. You are present. The difference. All in, man. When I show up, I go up. When I show up, I go up. When I show up, I give my all. Huh? It's 11.15 in here, so I got to just make sure I speak to you. <laughs> Verse 7, rendering service with a good will. How many of you service hasn't been your lifestyle only when you had a bad job? How many of you, it's not been your lifestyle only when you had a bad job? Just be honest. Because if you see somebody at the grocery store and you know that lady need help, yeah, well, she grown. <laughs> You saw somebody struggling to do something. Mm, this show is struggling to do that. That ain't got nothing to do with me. It's quiet. We're about to go up. We're going to go all the way up. We're going we're gonna to skip 10. We're going to 4,000. Call me Bishop 4,000. Uh huh. Not, not to man. How many of you? You're in your serving, you changed how you did it because of who you were doing it for. And it wasn't a positive change. It wasn't a positive change. It wasn't a positive change. It's like, you know, <coughs> they want too much. No, you need to come up. Verse 8. Knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive back from the Lord. How many of you in your serving, you got frustrated because the people you did it for never were appreciative? She said, my hands and my feet. Come on here. What does that tell you about your heart? It's dirty. And I'm getting ready to close. The Bible says, who you get it back from? The Lord. If 
you wait for people, you will always be disappointed. Y'all ain't telling you none of me. If you wait for people, you will always be disappointed. Did you see what I did? Did you see what I did? Did you see what I did? Did you see how I served? Did you see what I made for you? God says, watch me, your desire to have them celebrate you, that's your reward. But if you would have done it from the right heart and let me celebrate you, I would give you way more than they could have ever paid you, ever given you. So y'all ready for this surgery? Y'all ready for the surgery? Now that we've cut some stuff out, how many of you saw some stuff tonight that you're like, okay, whoa, whoa, wow. So now that he's cut, what does the word do? It's a sword. So what did it just do? It cut some stuff. Now we need him to replace what he cut out with the right stuff. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And then uh, watch this. I'm going to end. What are we singing? Jesus died for you. Okay. All right. What we're going to do is I'm going to lead you in a prayer. We're going to take a couple minutes to worship, sow the seal, and then I want to leave this atmosphere with an atmosphere of celebration. Why celebration? Because the party is, is that your heart. Say, Lord, my heart. Say it again. Say, my heart is beating properly. Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, and at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God, and they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means. That not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father... In the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word DECISION to the phone number 59769. And when you do, 
I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and, and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10, that's V-I-A-T-O-R-10, for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app? Over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.